1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're doing
2: that Brooklyn Nets talk talk right here on Talking Nets.
0: Brooklyn, we go hard. We go go hard. Talking Nets. Talked by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets. There's still a lot to talk about with the Nets. New Nets. Different team, different vibe. Keith McPherson, Hudson Flynn, and Robin Lumberg joining you on this Tuesday. After, it's been a little while. It's been, I think, three games. I usually say that I don't want to pod any more than three games. It's just too hard to go back. But, uh, you know, good news for you guys. Thursday was the last game, uh, or the last game after we potted. I think we potted before the Suns game or whatever that was, maybe after that game. Thursday, we had a, a pod. I don't know when we had a pod. But Thursday, I was at the game to see the Nets beat the Bulls 116-105. Saturday, Robin was at Barclays Center with the fam to see the Nets almost get a buzzer, beat her off to Tide and send it to overtime, but eventually lose to Philadelphia. And last night, our very own Hudson Flynn, brave enough to go to Madison Square Garden and watch the nine-game winning streak come to an end. We're joining you right now. I'll give you guys my first thoughts before we actually go through our notes and our run of show. I think this is going to be a little therapy session. I think this is reality hitting. I think this is uh, a good time for Nets fans to realize we are in fifth place. And uh, right now we're not a play in team and we're heading into the all-star break. The NBA is shaken up. It's different. There's different guys in different places. And uh, even with this Nets team, there's different guys on this Nets team. And it's going to take some figuring out. Uh, I know everybody wants to say this. These guys aren't winning a championship. The Nets aren't winning anything anytime soon. This is not a contender, but they have some talent. They have a coach. And unfortunately we had to watch them lose to the X last night. Don't worry. That's one game. That's one game that was on the Knicks to win and they should have won as the Nets are clearly still trying to figure things out. Let me welcome in Hudson Flint and Robin Lumberg for their initial thoughts. As we kick off the pod, go for it, Robin.
2: You know, we were at the game on, on Saturday, as you mentioned, and and it was a, a cool experience with the brigade and, and the energy in the building. Uh, it was super exciting, right? Like it was super exciting. Uh, and that one hurt. I'm not going to lie. That one hurt. The, the fact that the Nets had control of that game and the fact that, you know, there were several opportunities down the stretch of that game. Uh, obviously Dinwiddie shot. And, and one of the, I can't remember a loss that hurt more other than perhaps game seven against the Bucks, which I was also at. Simply because of some of the reasons we're talking about, this is a team that doesn't have that much margin for error this year. That was a win that they could have stacked in the standings and just the goodwill it would have built up. Because I think you mentioned reality, Keith. Uh, All Nets fans are facing the reality that this is no longer a superstar-laden team. The expectations aren't what they once were. We all get it that they're not winning a championship. They're going to have to grow. But with that reality comes some of the growing pains. I see Stanley with a, a premium comment in the chat. I like the the pieces we got back. Happy we got the draft picks, but I really want to see what we have. No reason Cam Thomas isn't getting thirty five minutes a night. That's where I want to start. Um, the two things that bother me the most about the Knicks game. I kind of expected them to lose that game. To be honest, the Knicks would just kind of do. You knew they'd have the right sort of energy. The Nets are figuring out their rotations, and that's okay. There needs to be some patience there. However. Given the current state of this roster and the direction of the team, after Cam Thomas goes for 40-plus in three straight games, it's inexcusable that he is not a major fixture in the rotation playing 30-plus minutes a night. You know, that – He didn't his, even get 20. Yeah, did, he's the last guy off the bench. His development is one of the paramount things. Like, developing players is one of the paramount things. And when you just talk about pure team needs, the, the biggest glaring need – for this team is offensive creation, isolation creation. He's the best at that. He's also the best at the team on the team at getting to the free throw line. So there's a, a big problem with him not playing extended minutes. I don't know what the cause of that was. That needs to change going forward because I think we'd all rather watch them go down with him playing 35 minutes a night than watch them go down with him riding the pine. The other thing is Ben Simmons. Uh, look, we, we've done this song and dance, but it's a glaring problem. It's a problem. He's making $35 million a, uh, a year, and he's just not a good player. You know, you, you heard Jacques Vaughn struggling with how to put him in lineups because he said, well, you can't play him with another big because there's no spacing. You can't play him off the ball because he doesn't know what to do off the ball. You can't play him as a big himself because he can't predict, uh, protect the rim. Basically, you can't play him. So for all the moving and all the pieces that have gone, the Kyrie trade, I, I don't think it was a bad trade. The KD trade, even though Bridges struggled last night, I don't think was a bad trade when you look at the whole process. The two trades that I think hurt the most are the trade for James Harden and the trading away of James Harden when you actually just look at the, the overall value. But it, it's a different team with, with a, a, a different goal now. So I, I, I wouldn't have been frustrated about just a loss last night. I, I mean, I've, I've, I already realized what the deal is, and, and there, there'll be some long nights. But I, I was frustrated with the rotations and, and the, the lack of direction when it came to, to who was playing and who wasn't.
1: Yeah, and that's part of what hurt so much about the game last night. And like Keith said, I was at the game last night. I was in Section 217 with the brigade. And for as much as people talk about there's no Nets fans, the brigade, that was, that was a wonderful experience for, I would say, three quarters until the Knicks started to take control of the game. Brooklyn chance. I'm sure you guys heard it over the, uh, the yes network broadcast. You could hear Brooklyn chance. Knicks fans were dead. And that was, that was a really, really awesome experience. But part of what made that game so frustrating is that you have a situation where the Nets have, and and I will stand by this, what I said in the last episode, the Nets have a lot of good pieces. They have a lot of very, very high level pieces high level, better than role players. Nick Claxton is a budding star. Cam Thomas should be a budding star. Mikhail Bridges could be an all-star, right? We have talent. We have good pieces. And like Jacques Vaughn said, it's about experimentation. But the direction with which we experimented last night looked like a team that had resigned itself to getting the benefits out of losing games and trying real hard to figure out what they can have for next season. When the reality of the Brooklyn Nets is that they are a five seed. Barring something disastrous, they're going to be in the playoffs, and they have a roster that can, at the very least, put up a good and entertaining fight in the playoffs, and particularly against the Knicks. Just with all of the weight behind that rivalry, you're in a position where you have to compete. And I saw compete from the players, from a a lot of the players, but I didn't see compete with the way the lineups were being put out. A lot of people are going to hone in on Cam Thomas only playing 18 minutes. Ben Simmons starting the third quarter, and those are both problems. But for me, and if you're looking at who is really a bona fide star on this team, and no matter what the NBA says, he is a, uh, a defensive player of the year front runner. Nick Claxton only picked up 23 minutes last night. And we're playing De'Ron Sharp extended minutes off the bench. We're using Cam as a backup five. And there's a lot of people complaining that the Nets don't have a backup center. But you have Nick Claxton, who's not in foul trouble last night, not picking up the minutes that he deserves and the minutes that get the Nets better results. And the stats speak for themselves with him when he's on the floor. So that's really what frustrated me about last night, but let's take it all the way back. Keith, I'll let you bring us back to the beginning of this three game set.
2: Well, r- real quick on the Claxton point, just to, out of fairness, I think he might be on a minutes limit because he, uh, you know, he, he said he had a hamstring issue or whatever hamstring tightness and didn't play the, the first game after the trade. Um, that that win after the trade he didn't play in that game if I recall correctly so it it only stands to reason to me that he's on some sort of minutes limit as a result yeah, of fair. that because otherwise it makes no sense
0: right. yeah I don't know I was at that game Thursday that he didn't play and they won and I was like is he taking an emotional day like is his you know head right now that he lost Katie and Kyrie in a week and uh, the complexion of his team and his teammates is completely different you know how Claxton is like He took the James Harden stuff, kind of tough. We saw him post about it, and uh, I think he definitely felt, you know, Kyrie and KD's exit, but it was strange to see him not get the minutes last night. He looked great when he was on the court, too. He was phenomenal, running the floor. He's our guy. Like, I was on WFAN talking about the best player on the Nets, and somebody was like, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Mikel Bridges. I'm like, no, not the incoming Nets. Like, the best player left on the Brooklyn Nets is Nick Claxton and then Cam Thomas. And now we've got four new players, and we're going away from them. Royce O'Neal is another guy that was starting for the Nets, and uh, he's not starting anymore. And uh, I think Jacques Vaughn is experimenting here, and it just sucks to see the Nets go into a rivalry, which really is a rivalry for the fans, um, a rivalry game. And it's like, oh, we're trying to figure things out, so much so that we're relying on Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons just in the corner smiling on a bike like, you know, I don't really care. I don't really care what happens in this game. I don't care what I do on better the floor. there than him on
1: the floor.
2: Well, he played 13 minutes. I mean, I, I think either there's two options, right? Like one of them is you put him in the starting lineup and see if he's the point guard or two. He's completely out of the rotation completely. And it seems like you're, you're heading towards the, the latter.
0: Well, with too many guys, who should be the odd man out, right? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be Cam getting less minutes. It shouldn't be Claxton getting less Utah minutes. shouldn't
1: get less minutes. Yuta is <laughs> a better basketball shouldn't player. should even
0: be getting less minutes. I know uh, Nets fans are talking about him being snubbed for the three-point contest, but if you look at who's actually in it, I think they did him a favor. All right, we're going to go back a little bit. I don't want this to all be doom and gloom, negative uh, podcast over one loss against the Knicks who haven't beat the Nets in three years. They are 9-1 uh, in three years against your Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, I, I looked at it as a sign of the times. I looked at it as, okay, these Knicks fans celebrated the end of the KD Kyrie era because they were butthurt that they didn't get chosen that the little brother second team in town was chosen and that era ended with no rings and not even an Eastern Conference finals appearance so their celebration continued into what we saw last night and good for them you're not going to win them all especially when you're experimenting especially when you're trying to figure things out Uh, you had Spence shooting the ball 400 times (laughs) trying to lead the way it was personal for him as a former net uh, cam not getting enough minutes dorian finney smith i like that guy a lot uh Mikel bridges obviously did not have the impact uh that he had in his first game but it's gonna come it's gonna come so let's go back uh, i talked about claxton not playing in that bulls game i just wasn't sure if he was feeling some kind of way or if he was actually hurt you never know with these guys and uh that was the game coming off of cam thomas being fined forty thousand dollars we haven't spoken on it on the podcast, but uh, we won't spend too much time on it. It's kind of old now. I feel bad for the young man, but I also don't. Uh, $40,000 is a lot, especially when people were saying Jokic got taxed 20 grand. And when you think about what five, he did, I think, and five for the, for saying the no, same tw- phrase. 25. 25, 25, 25, even
2: 25. Uh, I also hope he wasn't punished for that. Like anybody who saw it realized he didn't mean any malice by it. He apologized afterwards. And I get the 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 time and age that we're in, and of course, no one should ever defame or or say anything negative about any other person or, or their lifestyle. However, the the phrase he used, as long with pause, are very common. Uh, and and for a we young just guy like teach. him, he, he a, yeah, wanted, I mean, he, he moment in New I mean, York, that's fair. But
1: pause. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that don't make it right, though. You know that that, sure, that phrase. but he's a kid, and he, I think it's. He, I twenty one year old kid. That's it. My initial response was, I mean, and shoot, like what? I'm twenty one, right? I got yeah. raised there in the same era and I had to, you know, learn to adjust my language. Right. And we all have learning experiences. He's just in a position where he has to learn those on the national stage in the NBA. Right. So it's a little bit of a different caliber. And, and, I, and
2: I think if you're watching it live, you realize anybody who watches it, no matter where you come coming with, you realize this was not someone who was had any ill intent. No. And his extent.
1: apology came right after. Like, I mean, right afterwards. So t- he's teaching, chi- teaching Kyrie a lesson. Someone it, he claims that is his accountability mentor, at a young you know? age. I want to apologize.
0: Came right out on his Twitter. I don't think the Nets had to prompt him. He realized he messed up. Spencer Dinwiddie kind of looked at him. The interviewer said something like, you'll be hearing from the league office. (laughs) Whatever. It's uh, a learning moment for Cam. I don't think he'll make a mistake like that again. It wasn't malicious. And, uh, you know, we can move on from it into the Nets beating the Bulls. Now, I was at that game, and I honestly thought DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine were going to close the Nets out in the fourth quarter. But time kept going. And they kept playing inspired basketball without Nick Claxton. They just found a way. And obviously the Bulls aren't world beaters, but on your floor, after all the nonsense, you know, the first night that you get Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges on the floor. uh, Actually, they didn't play that game, right? No, they didn't play in that first game. That was the first night we got Finney Smith and O'Neal on the floor. Joe Harris comes alive. He's uh, six of nine from deep. He has 18 points. Cam Thomas didn't have it in the beginning, but had it enough in the end to come through with 20. And Dinwiddie, former net, longest, you know, not longest tenure net because Joe Harris, obviously, has been a consecutive, but coming back to the Nets, he's a guy that uh, fit right in. He had 25. I was happy with that game. Uh, even Ben Simmons gave us eight points in 20 minutes. They beat the Bulls, they're able to play defense. Obviously, Levine had 38 and he had a highlight dunk, but ultimately you started to get the new identity of the Nets was going to be defense and, uh, you know, passing the ball and trying to figure things out. Any comments from the Bulls game? I know it was now last Thursday.
2: I mean, I, that was part of the positive energy. The the you know everybody was hearkening back to the twenty eighteen Nets or whatever year it was at this point. I forget year twenty eighteen nineteen. Yeah. Yep. yeah, so everybody was going back to that, and and I, I think there was some positive energy around, around Spencer, um, in that game, and and that's one of the reasons I was so excited to see the full crew uh, on Saturday. One of the reasons I was disappointed by the the way that game ended, and and then. You know, you you get a little taste over it over a couple of games, not to fast forward too far, but shows you where the swing of emotions can go from, wow, it's so great to have Spencer Dinwiddie back to, wow, Spencer Dinwiddie almost tied the game to, Spencer, what are you doing? Why are you taking every shot and pounding the basketball for 15 seconds of the shot clock by the third game? Yeah,
1: and that Bulls game too, that one felt like to me uh, a really good example of some of the the excite more exciting pieces right that the nets have so without clax that's one of the guys we definitely we didn't have Mikhail, the trade hadn't been finalized yet but when you look at someone like cam thomas and a lot of people are saying well he's not ready for that elevated role he was only getting those bigger minutes when the nets didn't have their stars playing in garbage time games where they weren't expected to win the expectations were low but coming off the games he had he you know he picks up 33 minutes and he shot 3 of 16 from the field absolutely abysmal but you know what makes someone a future star player is when their shot isn't falling they still find ways to contribute and cam thomas did that from the free throw line i I won't say james harden didn't do anything for us because he taught cam thomas how to get to the free throw line he taught cam thomas how to how to put up numbers from the free throw line 13 of 13 to finish the game with what 18 points that's An absolutely phenomenal performance from someone whose shot isn't falling. You know, it's it's good to see that he's not completely reliant on his wild step back, high high leg kick threes to fall.
2: That's one of the reasons I want to see him play more. Uh, I was literally just
1: about to say,
0: like after that, how do we go into what happened last night? And props to James Harden for mentoring him. But Cam came into the league saying that Harden was his favorite active player. Obviously, he's a Kobe guy, but he told us that he watched Harden's game. So then getting to watch, and you can see it, you can tell you could see that he took a few pages out of Harden's
1: book plus he had he had something like 6 6 rebounds and four assists too he was that was a phenomenal contributor night from a player that didn't have their shot falling showed growth. To, Show, showing showed showed that
0: showed that this kid realizes he can't just be out there not passing the ball not playing defense and only shooting step back threes or uh you know making his own shot he's got to do other things to affect the game and he did. Let's move on just for time's sake. So the Nets beat the Bulls 116-105 Thursday in Brooklyn. Shout out to the Brooklyn Brigade and everybody that was in there. The fans were into it. I saw a goofy video on Instagram. I didn't mean to go at whatever this account was, but they you know, took it some type of way. Somebody was literally sitting in the block, section one, not far from me. In the beginning of the game, it was 4-2. And they posted a video or they took a video and they sent it to this Nets fan Instagram account, which there's a bunch now. Hopefully there'll be less without Katie and Kyrie. But they posted it saying how quiet Barkley's was, how the fans weren't into it, how dead it is now. And I took offense to that because I literally was sitting in the block. I don't even know who recorded it, but somebody posted it secondhand. And I just replied, delete this dumb shit. It was the beginning of the game. If you watch that game, both teams miss shots. It was an awkward feeling in, in, in the arena. And I think it was everyone settling into the fact that there is no KD, there is no Kyrie, and this is the start of the new era. I joined Chris Carino and Tim Capstraw at halftime on the broadcast, and we talked about how excited fans are, how refreshed fans are. We know this isn't the team with 7-Eleven and the expectations to win a championship, but we kind of like the feeling of not much pressure and being renewed around guys that are going to hustle, play defense, whatever. The fans, by the end of the game, were very much into it. Channing Brooklyn, defense, let's go Nets. Don't let anybody tell you what goes on in our arena that's not physically there. Now, Saturday, I didn't get to pull up. Robin pulled up with the fam. I thought that was good uh, to bring the fam back into this new era, especially your son. I know he was a KD guy. We all were. Well, he's uh, he has- a KD
2: guy because of the jersey. He's, he's already scouting his new jersey, and he's frustrated with Cam Thomas's playing time because he likes Cam Thomas. <laughs> he's like, why isn't he playing? got to get
1: 24 on the shirt. Come on.
0: <laughs> I have three Kevin Durant jerseys. If anybody wants them, hit me up. I've got two Kyrie jerseys. I've got like four pairs of Kyrie shoes, random t-shirts with KD Kyrie. I got no use for them. Mm-hmm. I can't rock that. So if you guys want them, I know there might be some stands. In the chat, tweet at me or uh, hit me however you can, and I'll literally bag all that stuff up and give them to you for free. So speaking of KD and Kyrie, James Harden makes his return. Alex, can you find the image of James Harden on the big screen with the Welcome Back James SNY videos posted this? And, uh, you know, it sparks some conversation in Nets world, right? Evan Roberts put out a tweet saying that, James Harden didn't deserve a welcome back video. Can you pull up the tweet from Eric Slater? Shout out to Eric. Uh, Syracuse alum covers the Nets for Clutch Points. I did a podcast with him while he was still at school. Um, He said, uh, not that one, the one that says, we're talking about a guy who asked out. It it was quote tweeting Eddie Gonzalez's tweet because Eddie was saying that James deserves a tribute video off the, uh, okay, so here we go. At the bottom, Eddie Gonzalez, shout out to Eddie. Eddie uh, is not moving to Phoenix. He put out there, he's, he's going to be right here. He'll still be at Barclays Center. Eddie said, James deserves the tribute video off the one-leg buck series alone. Don't be weird. Eric Slater said, we're talking about a guy who asked out less than one season after imploring a team to give up all their assets for him. And he did so by quitting on the court when said team was at its lowest point. A tribute video, seriously?
2: to your happy
1: place for a happy price go to your happy price price line
0: mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What really damaged the Nets in this mini era of Katie and Kyrie was going all in for James Harden and then having to trade James Harden and take on Ben Simmons, who we're currently stuck with. No matter what you feel about Josiah, Sean Marks, and the state of the Brooklyn Nets, that was an L. That was all the way an L, and it's still an L that we are taking. And I don't know when they're going to be able to trade Ben Simmons. There's rumors out there that they're no one wants to trade him. They're going to have to give him away for pennies on the dollar, if that. You um, have to
2: attach value to him if you were to trade yeah, him. You know, may- that's the problem.
0: Yeah, maybe there's, I don't know, maybe you could attach one of these guys, I don't know, Seth Curry or something. Uh, Patty Mills or something. Joe Harris is another one making a ton of money. And just like at this point, you know, Joe Joe had some good games uh, right away with Katie and Kyrie not in there. You know, everybody was saying that Joe is better when the lights aren't as bright. Right. You know, in the trade deadline, we got back Joey Buckets because he was on fire. But like he's making 75 mil. Ben is making like a max contract. These guys are not contributing. But into this game Saturday, James Harden comes back. It's the second half of a back-to-back. The Sixers have beat the Knicks the night before. And we go into this game thinking, okay, new Nets, new day, deep squad. Uh, we're, we're looking at this game, and we're just thinking, like, okay, maybe we can beat the Sixers. We, we were close with them. Um, before I pass it around, my issues with this game, and I only had a couple in my notes. I mean, obviously, it's Embiid. It's the Sixers. That They're not a pushover. Doc Rivers is a good coach, and they were able to get that game. But my my issue with this game was a few things. Let me find the uh, box score. I know Patty Mills, and I know it's been adjusted. But in this game, I found Patty Mills uh, getting – he played seven minutes. He gave us zero points. I just like felt like he was getting minutes for his seniority. Like, yeah, let's throw Patty in there. I don't really know what his role is going to be. Uh, I think he can be a good veteran on the bench and clap and, and, and motivate guys. What else from this game? Nick Claxton comes back. He plays 29 minutes. He's got experience against Embiid, but he ends up giving us six points, um, five rebounds, the four blocks I'll give to Clax. But I still was feeling like there were moments in this game where Clax wasn't as into it. You know, it was his first game without KD Kyrie. I felt like some of that was showing, um, and he needed to snap into it to get with his team. And, yeah, I already mentioned um, Joey Buckets. I felt like there was defense and shot making. The the Nets were making threes in this game. That was all good, but the three they needed at the end of the game was a little bit late, and there was controversy with the shot clock and the time that people could see at home. But all in all, that's another loss to the Sixers, a team that uh, literally we made the worst trade possible with, and here we are. Go for it.
2: Well, James Harden, first of all, uh, I do appreciate that he played on one leg. At the time, I was extremely appreciative of, of it. Um, he... Clearly had an issue with Kyrie's availability if you look at his specific quotes. and Yeah, and we'll maybe, get to him. Yep. Maybe there maybe there was a choice made there between Kyrie and Harden to an extent by KD. I don't know. I don't want to read too much into it, but that would have been perhaps a, a mistake. Uh, when it comes to tribute videos, Durant's probably the only one that actually deserves one. And even he, you know, he wanted out on multiple occasions as soon as things got any, you know, tough. As soon as things got tough or there wasn't a top 15 guy next to him. He won it out too. So I don't think any of us feel great about that era. Um, I'm sure with, with time, we'll feel better about it. I, I do think they legitimized the franchise. So there's that, KD in particular. But I, I'm, I'm past that. When it comes to the, the teams themselves, I mentioned how the team now, I mentioned how much that, that last loss hurt because they should have won that game. And w- when you look at the standings and not getting into the play-in, that's a big thing. When you look at the momentum, that's a big thing. When you look at the officiating, that's a big thing. It was it was tough. Uh, they even in the last two minute report said that there should have been a call on on Harden that would have sent Dinwiddie to the free throw line. I, I, I keep harping on it, but I thought Cam Thomas should have closed that game. They couldn't score. That's the the reps he needs. The the biggest positives were you saw the potential of that team defensively in that game. Uh, the the starting five is all long, uh, very good. They 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 really played well on the defensive end. You saw some of the athleticism that's now an athletic team. They're getting out and running, lobs, dunks, and Bridges. You know, Brooklyn Bridges is a fire chant. I think Bridges' three-point celebration could take off. And you see why, reportedly, some teams were offering four first-round picks for Mikhail Bridges. You get these little flashes. Now, he's going to need to get more opportunities, more volume to show what he can do. But when he comes off the curl and he pulls up, or when he handles the ball in pick and roll, and, and he's making a read or, or, or making a you know, dribble drive to his pull-up, or he's shooting those corner threes or, or slashing up the corner threes. I mean, he had a bunny that could have put them up at the end of the game too. You see some of that with Mikael Bridges where you go, okay, you know, is this something that can be unlocked here with, with more opportunity? Obviously didn't follow it up with a great performance, but I, I think that was the, – the defensive potential, the energy, the vibe, and, and the um, flashes – that you saw from Bridges were the the big takeaways from that game on the the positive end.
1: Yeah. And right. There were flashes. And uh, this is actually, I think uh, Eddie Gonzalez put this tweet out uh, during the Knicks game, but I'll I'll say it as my take for this game that the Nets built the perfect team uh, for uh, Luka Doncic, but we, instead of Luka Doncic, we have Spencer Dinwiddie and I love Spence, but you know, not exactly the situation of, of having a star and, There's one way to take that kind of a take where you're like, okay, well, that's not a good thing. Right. Spencer Dinwiddie isn't Luka Doncic. He's not a star whatever. But the other way to take it is that the Nets are in a good position. And right now we're looking for flashes. Right. We are a team that is okay, especially when we're playing against these better teams, teams that are expected to beat us like the Sixers. Right. We are looking for flashes. We are looking for development. Once again, Cam Thomas. And this was again in limited minutes. He goes 7-12, to 12, puts up 14 points. He puts up numbers. When he gets the opportunity, he just puts up numbers. But on the negative side of this game, and I won't talk about the refs because that's played out and we can talk about it for the next game And just like any other game we watch with the Nets. We really saw the gap and, and like Robin said, the harm that the James Harden saga caused for the Nets. When you look at what Ben Simmons did in that game in 16 minutes, you, you really see what we lost really without gaining much. Right, I mean, he goes two or three. He puts up four points, three rebounds, and it's clear that something is the matter uh, with him. It's clear that there is some injury. He doesn't jump. He doesn't move his feet in the lane. He's lost. He's not really a break starter, a break leader that much anymore. Uh, and I'll talk about it more for the Knicks for the Knicks game. But when you're looking at what this team provided uh, or got in return when they provided James Harden, it's it's a it's a monstrous L. And put that on the organization, put that on whoever, put that on Ben Simmons, put that on James Harden for quitting. But at the end of the day, we are hamstrung because of it. And you see, really see it in games like this. And that's not just because we played the Sixers and we can see that direct comparison, but you can really see it just because we don't really have that value. And and part of me, and, and I don't know if this is true, there's no way to confirm it. At least I don't have any way to confirm it. I'll ask Robin who DMs with KD every once in a while. You know, it's hard to think that the Nets not being able to move Ben Simmons off this team and to bring in, you know, a more serious uh, help for him. It's hard for me to see that as not a reason that KD might have wanted out because as a as a basketball player and someone who has dedicated himself to, you know, going to the gym and giving it his all and just being obsessed with the game of basketball. Having a disinterested former star like Ben Simmons on the floor next to you, that's got to be a little demoralizing at the very least.
0: We're getting there, Hudson. You're getting to where uh, we're going to go because uh, what I find with the Brooklyn Nets is internally it is leaking out that guys just didn't like the way others were treated versus them. Right? When you go back to Harden, uh, I definitely think he had an issue with the fact that Kyrie didn't get the shot. And then at first, Kyrie was out of the situation completely, right? PR nightmare. Keep him away. Then the Nets needed him a bit, and they started bringing him in at a halftime basis. Other guys like that, that you know, James Harden is a, a star in his own right, a, a max contract player in his own right. He felt some type of way. And then uh, with KD out, he didn't want to have to carry while Kyrie was in and out of the lineup, forced his way out. Fast forward to this year. Deja vu. KD goes down, another knee injury. And Ben Simmons, this guy is not serious about basketball. This guy gets hit in the eyelash and he takes himself out of the game and he's out five games with knee soreness. And of course, the paparazzi doing their job in New York, they see him out and about with some model having a good old time and some of his comments and stuff. He, he's losing me, bro. Well, he's already lost me. I'm not. There is. No, I've. I've been pretty consistent on this. Never wanted him here. Still don't want him here. Don't see when they're able to move him. But Kyrie is looking at Ben like you bought this guy here, and I'm not defending Kyrie. He's a looney tune. Go look at what he's saying to the media in Dallas about. Can y'all stop asking me questions mm-hmm. about my contract?
1: It's. 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 Um. Bringing on unwanted distractions. His Twitter's going <laughs> crazy now, too. I, I know there's some more anti-Semitism or something coming. There's Aaron
2: Rodgers li- liked his tweet, by the way, which is just oh, kind of hilarious.
0: God. All right. I'm just glad we're not involved, right? Like, hey, now it's someone else's problem. But I'm starting to understand there's a lot of like, uh, this guy gets special treatment. Uh, why does he get to do this? Uh, You won't give me a max contract. But Ben Simmons is getting paid to just ride the bike. All right, Alex, roll the James Harden um, comments from after this loss on Saturday, if you can, my friend. Harden starts to talk. I mean, I don't really care that Harden talks. but There was a lot of internal things that I'm not, for me, I'm not going to ever just say or put in the media or do anything. And that was one of the reasons why, you know what I mean, I chose to make my decision.
1: But uh, now, fast forward to date, I don't look like the crazy one. You know what I mean? I don't look like the
0: guy that, or the quitter or whatever, you know what I mean,
2: the media want to call me. Like, I knew what was going on, and I just decided to, hey, I'm not, I'm not
0: built for this. Like, I don't want to deal with that. You know what I, mean? I want to play basketball. <laughs> you still look like the quitter because we watched the Sacramento game. You could never not look like a quitter. You had four points. You sold. We watched you literally quit like your controller died. Like you just were out there not doing anything. But this is him basically saying there was stuff going on internally in the organization, blah, 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 that made me act this way. We get it, bro. It was a West Coast trip. You're in Sacramento. You You don't want to kick it there. You want to take a flight to Vegas. You want to hit the booty club. I get it, bro. I get it. But at the same time, you know, I think that Nets fans that have some blame on uh, Sean Marks, Joe Cy, whatever they're doing in there, it's starting to look like, you know, this is a place where you can't really bring star divas that need preferential treatment. Uh, you can really only probably have one. <laughs> you can have one guy that gets to have his way and it damn sure can't be Ben Simmons. Um,
1: I'll Not let you guys get we're your built to have today. that one now.
2: <laughs> right, <laughs> well, we look- got the- No, uh, go ahead, Robin. Harden, um, there was a piece of that that... Uh, and and I get it. I'm not the crazy one now, but there was a specific quote from him where he said, I came here to play with Katie and Kyrie. And that didn't happen that much. 16 a, games. Yeah. As much as I would like, or the organization would like. And I knew that wasn't going to change. I don't know exactly what he was alluding to, but to, to me that seemed like Kyrie. And one thing I'll also criticize the organization for is they decided at some point they were going to hold Kyrie accountable but didn't hold him accountable the entire time before then, which you know uh, allowed uh, it to spiral to where it, it was and, and what it became. As, as far as stars and superstars, look, free agency. We talked about that last episode. LeBron James is the last free agent who just like won a championship via signing him. Kevin Durant too, but he went to the Warriors. I don't think this keeps the Nets from signing free agents. They're a big market team, great facilities. They offer the right guy the right price. They'll sign a free agent at some point in the future. But I don't think that's the the goal for this team either. The team is now like you build through the draft, you develop, you maybe make that trade when it's available now because they have the assets to make that flip. Let's say it's, I'm only throwing his name out as an example because it's the first one that pops into my head and he's been mentioned for, let's say Damian Lillard becomes available in the summer, the Nets are the kind of team that could facilitate that sort of sort of trade. Um, it, it's not really worth it to to keep looking back and, and harping back on, on the past. But as far as the the current present version of the Nets, look, they're in this position because of some of the, the mistakes that they made. I, I think some of them you do over. Some of them are bad luck. As far as Harden's hamstring, bad luck. Kyrie's injury against the Bucks, bad luck. That those are bad luck things. The the pandemic something beyond all of our control, but the, the, the Kyrie other shoe to drop. That's the, the fear that we've always had. And and I think it's, you know, watching from afar, you can sort of see it, you know, it's coming, it's, it's boiling in, in Dallas, but I'm just, I, you know, I, I want to move past it and be over that and, and watch a, a team develop. I just want the developing team to not be frustrating me with how they're, they're implementing said development and, and that's what bothered me about the Knicks game particularly
1: yeah I think it's interesting because after the Knicks game and I, I'll let key segue to that right after I finish here but after the Knicks game there were a lot of Jock Vaughn needs to get fired right <laughs> <laughs> goofy take Goofy, bad take, (laughs) terrible take, whatever. doesn't matter. He was, you, you were saying he was the coach of the century two weeks ago. But they they can't take these Knicks fans. They're your neighbors. Can't take the Knicks fans. They're your classmates.
0: They're your friends. uh, And these Knicks fans are, they just won the NBA finals.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And when you, when you look at who the Nets are and their identity, and I will say this, it runs through Jacques Vaughn and development. Nick Claxton, Cam Thomas, those are development pieces. Mikhail Bridges, to a certain extent, that is a development piece he can develop in Brooklyn into an all-star. And Jacques Vaughn, I think, is the guy to make that happen. It doesn't feel, and, and this is hindsight being 2020, like the Nets were in the position to be able to handle the the egos and and the particularly Kyrie Irving's shenanigans, right? We were not in the position. And now with these other quotes coming out, to me, it feels very easy to say, okay, well, Everybody quit on the team, and and I do think James Harden sold. I think that Sacramento game shows it. I do think KD bears some responsibility for quitting. He proved that he's not a, not capable of being a bus driver. Sucks for his legacy. KD doesn't give a fuck what I think. His legacy but, is not being the bus driver. He knows that yeah, already. So yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not gonna be but, that but all of a sudden you, at the end of you, his career. Yeah, but when you have these quotes coming out, it, it just it feels like missed opportunities for controllables. Right? We could have always controlled. The way we handled the Kyrie situation, we could have always controlled some of the pieces that we brought in. And that is going to drive us crazy till the end of time. KD shoe being half a size smaller is going to drive us crazy till the end of time. But at this point, we have enough of a team to look forward to right we have a, a, a team that we can develop and we can be proud of to look forward to and when that superstar or star or whomever becomes available and i think if i'm honest Josiah i think is only going to do one i think he's only going to bring in one star when that person becomes available we can pull the trigger to make that happen and you can be excited for that and the stands will come in and it'll be all of that is going to rev back up for the nets but at the end of the day That's the situation that we're in. We can't keep looking back. At some point, we're going to have to look forward.
0: Uh, So pull up that quote before we wrap this up with, uh, you know, closing thoughts. Robin has to run. He's got to go to basketball practice. That's more important than us uh, going over all this. So this is what Robin was speaking on. Uh, Eric Slater reports. James Harden was asked if if Kyrie remaining unvaccinated led to him forcing his way out of Brooklyn. And Harden said, the reason I made that decision to get out of my comfort zone, Houston, which was to leave Houston and do everything that I did to get out of there was to come here and play with Katie and Kyrie. Pause. That or timeout. There's, that's not a pause situation. Timeout. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying, like, I have got out of my situation thinking I could get a quick ring playing with these two superstars in Brooklyn and not having to drive the bus. He goes on to say, with that being said, that didn't happen as much as I would have liked um, or how much the organization or the fans, right? it's just something i knew wasn't going to change. so basically him saying, listen. uh KD is frail. KD's going to get hurt every year. and Kyrie is is frail as far as like the wind could blow and he wants to post some crazy shit or he wants to not show up to work or he wants to be on one. like these guys are not accountable. these guys are not reliable. we played 16 games together when i was here and i give Uh, Harden credit, there was a point in time where we were talking about him and Jokic as MVPs, and he did ball. But at at some point, he's like, this isn't ultimately where I want to end my career if these guys are going to be in and out of the lineup and not playing. So, Sean Marks, it's on you, bro. I understand you going for it. You had to with the opportunity to have these superstars. It was rare, but it's now tabbed as the biggest fail in NBA history. Uh, Jack, that does the Brooklyn buzz. I wanted to find it, man but uh, I can't find it right now. He has this thing from Reddit and it's all of like the Nets saga through the KD Kyrie era. It's, it's honestly a joke. uh, When you look at all the nonsense that went on in a Uh, short amount of time,
2: I wrote that for SI. If you want to check that out too. Um, I think we retweeted it from the account, but I did a a timeline of everything that happened during that era. And and before I run to go go coach the um, back-to-back basketball practices, the, Three things. One, I don't know, like if we're looking forward to these guys and the guys that got traded and still keeping tabs, you know, Luca and and Kyrie are 0-2 so far as a tandem. And and the Suns traded away a lot of their wing depth and and defense. I'm not so sure every team won't be hurt in some way by these trades. Number two, Seth Curry got cleared and he's activated, uh, which is a good thing but can also be a little concerning because the Nets rotation is so full right now. They brought in extra people and and some of the complaints that we've had in the, on this show here could get even worse with another body. And then finally, number three, there's something to be said about like not being hated by everybody all the time and not being the butt of the jokes all the time. And Knicks fans, they, they had their little parade. The Nets got broken up parade. But one thing I've sensed And the Knicks and the Nets will always be a fun rivalry, and it should always be snapping on each other back and forth. That's all in good fun. I sensed a little bit more camaraderie uh, after the trade and and last night between the two fan bases. It feels like Knicks fans can't hate this team anymore. There's just nothing to hate about it. And the Nets are now closer on the level of the Knicks than they were before. So there's a little bit of a a Spider-Man meme kind of going on between the, the Knicks and the Nets. Well, so I, I could expect that um, rivalry or those showdowns to be competitive, but maybe a bit more good-natured than they were before.
0: Thanks, Robin. And uh, we've got a couple of voicemails to play, and uh, we'll close this up with the you know comments from Jacques Vaughn around Ben Simmons. I really don't care to go over it again. I just think this, and Hudson alluded to this on Twitter, we feel like, they're, like Jacques Vaughn is a basketball mind. And he's seen Ben Simmons now since the summer. He knows Ben Simmons is cooked. He knows Ben Simmons isn't giving him the best chance to win. But like Hudson alluded to, he feels like there's something coming down from the top, whether that's Josiah or Sean Mark saying, hey, this guy was a former number one overall pick, rookie of the year, defensive, all all defensive NBA. We got to get it out of him. We got to put him in the situations that he can succeed. No, in my opinion, that's like if they do that again tomorrow night, that's got to be it. That's got to be it. Like how like do do what you got to do, but like at the same time, what are you expecting? I'm not I have I've had the lowest expectations from this guy the whole season. I'm not expecting him to just all of a sudden turn it on. There's a video going around Twitter right now of Ben Simmons and what he was like as a Sixer. We're never getting that back. The Nets got finesse, the Nets got used by superstars. And it's a cautionary tale. It's a lesson learned. I'm good on it. I'd rather just see them draft and develop their own stars, their own talent, their own team. And if that's not a team that can win the NBA finals, neither was this team with the superstars. I I put out a uh, post on Twitter saying, what do the Nets need to do to stay at the fifth or sixth spot and not be a playing team? If they figure out how to not be a playing team, that's improvement from last year. If they figure out how to win a series and get to the second round, the bar is set at game seven of the second round. It's not that high to pass what we just saw. So I'll let Hudson get his words in. We'll play the voicemails and we'll get out.
1: Yeah, and I'll ta- I'll just mention what it was like watching Ben Simmons in what I would say was probably his worst game as a net against the Knicks last night. I was there in person. And I I kind of had it in my head that Ben Simmons and the way he was playing was maybe – exaggerated in a negative direction by the way that the, the TV cameras were out from a distance. You couldn't really feel the speed of the players when you're not in the arena. But I watched him. I watched him on the floor and I watched him be completely ineffective. And when you're thinking about, oh, this player shouldn't play, you're usually not talking about a player that's only picking up 13 minutes. But Ben Simmons managed to, uh, frankly, be one of the least impressive basketball players I've ever seen last night. And I'm thinking back to players like Norvell Pell. He didn't need to catch a stray there, but the randoms that the Nets brought in when they were trying to win a championship. Noah and Vonley. Noah Vonley. <laughs> the lit TLC. Hope, wish him well. I don't know if he's still in the Dante I don't know Foreman where he's at
0: or not Dante Foreman. Dante, what was his name? Dante. Oh, Dante, Dante, Hall. Al- Dante Hall. Dante Hall. He was Fall. the one
1: that punched. He was going to punch Giannis the bubble nets, good times, good times that we could laugh about those kind of things. But now you have a player with Ben Simmons who has a max contract and Jacques Vaughn said it and we'll address it. You can't play him. Jacques Vaughn didn't say it in, in so few words, but he said you. there is no lineup in which you can play Ben Simmons. And part of that is because he just sits in the lane. He doesn't move. He doesn't move. He is supposed to be this elite level break starter. He, he can make the best diagonal pass in the NBA. I heard our friends Matt our friend Matt Brooks say, uh, I think two weeks ago, he's not doing it. You saw that pass get picked off last week. Whenever he runs in the break, he just stops. He plants his feet at the three-point line, God picks up his dribble, and does, that, night, bro. does it. Bro, it was
0: does it a was terrible. Off. I know you saw it when he when Josh Hart intercepted that pass. He thought he got that one. was a swing, and then that was a moment. Momentum at swing. at that point, and then then Hart comes down the lane. He makes a business decision to move out of the way. What like? You're always fouling.
1: Now you don't want to
0: foul somebody.
1: (laughs) Business decision doesn't even get to the start or the end of it with the way he he does these plays where theoretically Ben Simmons should be the Nets backup center. And I think we were on some uh, under some kind of misguided understanding that that's what he would be. But he doesn't jump last night. I barely saw him jump. You saw him take that little uh, bunny jump hook. Uh, in the paint. And that's it. I posted it on my Twitter that that video is going around going viral. He couldn't even get it to touch the rim. He's not jumping. He's not putting enough of his body into it. If and he's at this hurt, point, shut him down. If he's hurt, shut him down. And if he's not hurt, shut him down. His value is only going to get worse. Let him post these Ben Simmons back ass videos that we see him post every offseason. Corny. And and let's just try and move on. At this point, and and I I agree with not trading him because his value can't get, you know, we have to pay to get rid of him. And I don't think the net should be paying to do anything right now. But at the end of the day, he is just simply not a player that can touch the floor. He is worse than De'Ron Sharp, quite frankly, because he's not putting in the effort.
2: Hey, guys, it's Jason. Been a net fan since the Starbury days. Um, I I think my biggest frustration right now is what's going on with the minutes. Uh, especially with Cam Thomas, like, look, I get that people will feel it might be a flash in the pan with a three point game. But at the same time, like, I feel like we really need to figure out what young talent we have and Cam should be getting at least 30 minutes a game. I don't know what you guys think about that.
0: I mean, I'll take it. I, I felt like that was young disrespect, young yeah. people. I'm not a young person anymore, but my entire existence, I mean, I still get it. Cause people think I'm younger than I am. You get this young disrespect, off of lack of experience that like hey i can't help when i was born and when i started hey i can't help that i'm not a eight-year veteran i can still hoop i can still score i just made history but i'm still buried on the bench they don't trust me and they look at me as like oh you're young you got plenty of years in front of you to
1: play we're gonna play the veterans yeah i mean let me tell you a, a one fun statistic about cam thomas he's putting up 18 points on 50% shooting from the field, 44% from three in every game where he plays more than 20 minutes. He does not need to pick up 40 minutes a night. There's an argument to be made that with the way he jumps and the way he takes a shot, he gets burnt out at the end of games if he's playing that many minutes. If he's playing more than 20 minutes, and that's 20 to 29 minutes specifically, not more than 30, he's putting up 18 points. God, the Nets Nets needed a 50% shooter to put up 18 points last night and they will need that kind of a player and to see it coming from a 21 year old and to have him get put right back at the end of the rotation and to play out there with drew smith at the end of a blowout it's just it's it's disrespectful and at a certain point i'm, I'm worried that cam isn't going to want to be here we already saw hashtag free cam and if i'm him i i understand it i understand that if i'm me it, you are a player who has proven it on the biggest stage at the brightest level And the Nets are not giving you what you deserve, what you have earned. And who did Cam
0: and Clax learn from? Harden, Katie, and Kyrie, who they already looked up to before they got in the league, who they got to spend extensive time with over these last couple years. And they see that these guys are where they want to be. All-stars, max contracts, superstar talent, and superstar names. And uh it does not help the narrative that Brooklyn isn't a place to be. And uh, you know, guys like Kyrie saying, Oh, they got out of there, or whatever. Uh, before we get out of here, throw your last comments, questions into the chat. Our guy SB asked a couple things, and I, I want to answer one. I saw one, he said something along the lines of like talking nets. Yep. We could have we could have not traded KD and made him play his contract. No, we couldn't, because KD requested a trade in the summer. And from my knowledge, what I understand is the Nets honored his request. They only dealt with one team. They sent him to his preferred destination, which was Phoenix, in the summer. And I guess he had made it clear with them, hey, I'm here with Kyrie. It is actually wild. So for all the people that speculated on their friendship, right, like, uh, I think I got into a little back and forth with the glue guys, which I don't, it's, it's nothing. But like the glue guys were like, oh, K- Kyrie is such a bad friend to KD no he's not like you, you don't you don't know their personal relationship if anything Kyrie forced his way out and KD followed right behind like yeah good bro I'm out too we're going to the west so you people
1: think people think that Kyrie's gonna try and sign for the Suns this summer sucks for to be the Mavs but that's what he's already that there's the rumors already out, out there two
0: that the Suns wanted to get them both and with CP3 most likely out of the door and he's cooked and who knows this isn't talking Suns But I wanted to answer that. And then uh, you also wrote SB to talk about Sean Marks and his future. We don't know. But I think Josiah and Sean Marks are like the little sign that Kyrie puts up. They're like this. They're locked together. In Marks, we trust. That's what Josiah goes to sleep and wakes up thinking every day. He thinks that Sean Marks will bring them back to the promised land after all of this with the picks and the young talent and whatever. So that's what it is. Let's play this last voicemail. And then uh, we're out of here. Thanks for watching. Hit like while you're in there. Let's go.
2: Um, I was just calling because uh, I found y'all um, podcast about Kevin Durant move. a little disingenuous. Uh He's the team. There's never won a championship. Nobody on the team has won a championship. They got embarrassed in the second round last year. Uh, They're like four games above 500 right now. And he's not running from the grind like Robin talking about, like, or Dustin smoke. He's in Dutch smoke in the Milwaukee series. And he didn't he go on and throw a fit because he didn't the guys out there. And uh he left Golden State. He leaves when he wants to leave. So let's just be fair. It was a great time for him
0: with Brooklyn, Chaotic, but great. So let's just be real. Right? Don't, don't, don't.
2: I don't like the idea of media throwing things out there when a guy leaves either. Because you didn't say that when he was here. So let's just be
0: fair. It was a failure, but it was still great for him what he did individually and stuff like that. Injury got in the, way.
1: Yeah. the Media was media was been throwing out things. Robin was DMing KD offline because of the things that the media w- was throwing around. I got to go um,
0: I got to meet Kevin Durant for the first time this summer in LA at the uh, All Star Game Home Run Derby. It was cool to actually see him and dap him up and he recognized me right away obviously from talking nets and i think that he followed talking nets more so than he definitely followed our twitter but i think he kept up with what we talked about in our show and if he's still keeping up i'm gonna keep it 100 here right so the caller who didn't leave his name he sounded like he was on the treadmill out of breath he's defending kd and he wants to say that kd isn't ducking smoke and that kd isn't uh ducking No, that's exactly what's going on here. And I guess you can defend the player as a player stand, but we're Nets fans, right? This is a guy who signed a extension to play for the Nets for four years. This is the first year of that four years. He made it through half the season. I don't care about other players not having rings. You're supposed to be the best player in the world, right? The narrative around you from your peers and Guys that you looked up to, like a Charles Barkley, a Shaquille O'Neal, is that you ain't never been the bus driver. You're always riding somebody else's coattails. And again, you've left the team to join superstar talent in Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and CP3. Good luck. But if that falls short, what are we supposed to say about you? And what are we supposed to say about your time in Brooklyn? This guy said, oh, he didn't duck smoke against the Bucs. Yeah, cuz that's what were you talking about? That's how you end up in a second round series. And did he beat the Bucks? No, he played great, but are we supposed to put a banner up for that? Are we supposed to sing his praises for one playoff run where they won 7 games? No. So, uh also, oh, in Golden State, he left Golden State. The most can't beat him join him move ever. They won without you. They won two with you and then they won without you again. So when we look back on KD, and I've had plenty of shows on WFAN saying that he will be goaded. They will put him up in the GOAT conversation. Similar to how we're looking at LeBron and outside factors are coming into the GOAT conversation. KD is a businessman. Like he's, he's worth a lot. He's made a lot of great business decisions. If he wins another chip, he's in there. Like he's all the way in there in that conversation. But as far as the Nets and his tenure here, there's no statue going up for Kevin Durant. We don't need a tribute video for Kevin Durant. He came in here because Kyrie was here, right? He wanted to play with his bestie. Kyrie signs here. We traded for him to come here. He sat out the whole first year with an Achilles injury. Make excuses for him if you want, right? But the Nets took him on, and he sat out a year, and he was paid. And then in the next year, we had the COVID nonsense, and he had a hamstring injury. In the the third year, he had the MCL sprain. And in my opinion, that's why Harden wanted to go. If KD never gets hurt, he's playing with KD every day it's not as big of a deal that Kyrie is unvaccinated. This past season, which we're currently in, he gets a MCL sprain again. It goes from Bruce Brown hitting him to uh, Jimmy Butler falling on him. And now Kyrie carries the team for a little bit with the likes of Ben Simmons, bum ass here. And Kyrie feels like, hey, run me my money you guys are paying Ben Simmons. I'm making 36. Ben Simmons is making 34. Look at how I lead. Look at how I conduct my business. Look how wh- how much I do when you're paying this guy. Kyrie forces his way out. And Kevin Durant had a choice, right? The Nets, and, and I don't know who you believe, but when the Nets made the move, right? When they made the move to send Kyrie to the Mavs, that was a move thinking that Kevin Durant potentially would stay. And then once Kevin Durant forces his way out as well, you have a incomplete trade deadline. You have a fail of a trade deadline, honestly, because you were getting pieces for one player and then he leaves. And now those pieces don't match the other players that you got from the Suns trade. I don't think that they were planning on Kevin Durant forcing his way out here at this deadline. You couldn't have forced him to play. I saw him come out uh, the game Thursday. He showed up on the bench late. And then he left early, and that told me that he's not bought into watching this team and rooting for these guys. He's on his way out, and that's perfectly fine. The era ends, and it'll wear more on those guys' legacy than the Brooklyn Nets' legacy or the fans.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the Nets are an organization, right? So unless – I mean, it it would take a lot for it to wear more on the Nets than than on KD. But at the end of the day, if you're going to defend KD, then let him – you know, dictate his own actions, right? He didn't want to be here anymore. He wanted to go ring chase. He didn't think he could do it in Brooklyn. So he went and did it in, in Phoenix. Let him do that and let that be fine. There are consequences to every action. If Kyrie wants to be a dickhead on social media, he's gone. He's It's over. It's done. He's not going to, you don't have an endless leash. If Kevin Durant doesn't want to be here, then the Nets respect him enough to let him go, but there's going to be consequences for that. And I am in no position to to criticize Kevin Durant on a basketball level in the same way that I'm in no position to criticize Kyrie Irving on a basketball level. They are both historically all time gifted players. Kevin Durant is going to go down in the GO conversation. Kyrie Irving might be the most talented NBA player of all time might have the most individual ball handling skills of anyone in the entire history of the NBA, put him on the NBA 75 for his talent alone. But at the end of the day, there are, you have to be a whole person and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both talked a lot about being whole people and they have other interests and Katie, you know, what plays 2k and Kyrie is weird online. You know, they all have these other things going on and they have to be held responsible for the actions that they choose to do. It's not like Kevin Durant, Thought it was going to be the best look in the world to leave the Nets and go to Phoenix. He knew that if he wins a ring in Phoenix, they're going to call it another Mickey Mouse championship. He's not stupid. Give him some credit. He knows what's going on. He doesn't need you to defend him, quite honestly. And that's all we've got, folks. Talking Nets, episode
0: 193. Fret not, Nets fans. This is a much needed all star break. Some things are going to happen with this team. Jacques Vaughn is going to lead this team in the right direction. Our hope is that they stay a five or six. Team, uh, C team and not a playing team, and I think that's possible with the talent that they have. They just got to get things sorted out. The KD Kyrie era is over, and I know it's hard for people to stomach. I know it's hard a hard pill for people to swallow and accept that. Hey, we are without them now. But if you ever needed to look, last night in Mer- Madison Square Garden, that was the example. Ben Simmons gets his first loss to the Knicks. KD and Kyrie never lost to the Knicks while they were here. That's the only banner they can hang in Barkley Center. Uh, They didn't take any L's to the Knicks. They had a nine-game win streak, and they took that rivalry personally. Subscribe to the pod. Like the YouTube video on your way out. We will be back with another episode soon. I'm going to try and do some kind of mashup episode during All-Star break with Nets Kingdom and also another one with Locked on Nets in the works. Um, There's some other rumors about a guest that we might get, but... I appreciate y'all like Nets fans that have watched us grow this podcast and keep this podcast going through all of the nonsense through all the different players through trades and to be where we are now still going uh, with a good community. I'm still excited to do this podcast and see where this goes. Uh, it, it's going to be an interesting second half for sure. And I don't expect the Nets to go quietly. They're talking about trying to compete. And I saw I'll close on this. I saw people in the, in the, Chat saying, "Oh, this isn't an NBA Finals team now. This isn't a team that could win a championship now. It wasn't. They had a nice month of December. <laughs> they had a nice twelve-game win streak. They won eighteen out of twelve in the early part of the regular season. That never translates into winning the NBA Finals. There are other good coaches and good players and good teams. For what my money's worth, it's it's probably going to be a." Re, uh, uh, uh Celtics going back to the finals. And if the Warriors don't figure out how to meet them again, then maybe the Nuggets come out of the West. Uh, who knows? It'll but, probably like, be the Suns. It, it could right? definitely be the Suns. But I just look at, like, we'll see what CP3 has. We'll see how KD's legs hold up. But whatever. It's the NBA. It's fun. And, and I like watching the NBA. And I like that now we've got, you know, an 0-2 Luka and Kyrie Uh, The way that game ended last night, they didn't know who was going to shoot it. They just play hot potato, passing the ball back and forth, whatever. We're going to figure some things out. And uh, no, we're not winning a championship this year. And we weren't. We weren't going to win a championship with the dysfunction, with the uh, egos and the nonsense we had. We'll be better for it. And now it's about the fans and the organization and this team getting back to building a contender, getting back to their culture, their Brooklyn way, their Brooklyn grit. And that's all I got to say, man. Good long episode Uh, game tomorrow night, Wednesday against the Heat. Let's get another win before we go into the all-star break against another team that's jockeying for position in the Eastern Conference standings. Again, thank you. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn.